1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Good afternoon, everyone. How are we all doing as we get ready for more Sharks hockey? Should be an interesting one tonight as they do take on a good wild team who are playing more in line with the expectations ahead of them at the start of the season. And the Sharks also looking for a big opportunity to bounce back after two less than stellar games against Calgary because Sunday night You were looking at a game entering the third period before giving up three goals in two minutes and ten seconds. And then you had the situation in which the Sharks gave up two goals in the first 30 seconds of Tuesday night's game. And then, yes, they did play well to get back into it, but it was simply too much for them to overcome. But there are some interesting storylines that have been emerging, like Nico Sturm's leadership, like the fact that the Sharks do still have that fight, which is tempered by a Luke Cunning being out for the remainder of the year. So to get into all of these Sharks topics and more as we get ready for tonight's game, we are now joined by Shalena Goldman, who does cover the Sharks for NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to see the Sharks. How they bounce back from two kind of strange games because Sunday nights. It was a 2-1 game, entering the third against Calgary, and then they gave up three goals in, um, in a matter of two minutes and ten seconds, which is interesting in and of itself. And then to start off the game on Tuesday night, they gave up two goals in 30 seconds, 15 seconds apart on each. And although they did come back, it seemed like a task too great in that game. So I'm really curious to see how they start tonight and if they can avoid those moments where they seem capable of just collapsing and losing a game. It's re- both.
0: Yeah, exactly. Both of those games against Calgary were just, it was almost as if they were they weren't there for the entire game either time and they would come back and they would be close. Um, and especially late in both games, just the way that Calgary was able to just, push ahead and punish the Sharks was just insane. And the start to the start to Tuesday's game was just a mess. It was just so unfortunate. And with how wonderful Reimer has played this season to watch Calgary go up two zero, thirty zero 30 seconds into the game and set franchise records for, you know, two quickest goals scored for both franchises, just so completely insane. And, you know, even though they came back in Tuesday's game, Mario Ferraro said, afterward um, you know those two you know those two quick goals you know that put us on our, that put us on our heels and it kind of trickles down after that so even mm-hmm. though they were able to come back and tie it I do think there was sort of you know Nico Ström called it you know being you know you know playing afraid yeah and I think and I think there was that hesitation of oh am I going to make another mistake and you, 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 you can't be playing like that that's not how confident teams play and they will have to show a lot of confidence right off the bat tonight because they're going up against a team that's won six in a row.
1: They have. And that's the thing is, like, the the Flames, to me, looking at their record coming in where they've been losing, I said, compared to what this team was expected to be in the offseason and where they are, they're probably looking at the Sharks as a time to get right. And for the Wild, who had a slow start but have emerged from it, they're probably looking at this game against the Sharks to keep the good times rolling. So in both senses, I think the Flames with their inherent talent level and the Wild, as hot as they are, both smell blood in the water when going up against the Sharks, who although they had points in four consecutive games before two against Calgary, I do think there is the sense that this team can be got right now. Like They can be broken at certain points at a game, and Calgary proved it early on in that last game. So the Wild are probably going to try and do the same.
0: Oh, I totally agree. And I believe that the Wild are going to come out as hot as they are. I mean, it wouldn't be wouldn't be all that surprising if Kirill Kaprizov scored within the first minute of a game. Right. Um, I do. I do. I do agree with that, that I think teams see the Sharks right now. Again, as you said, even though they got you new, know, even though they got a point in four straight, um, especially after these two games against Calgary, where, it, where it's shown that not just that they can be scored on early, um, but that teams can really punish them late in games. And that's something that's been going on the whole season, but particularly in these two games against Calgary, where there is potential, especially on Tuesday, where there is potential to go to overtime, um, you know, and at least get a point out of it. I think, I think other teams look at San Jose as, oh, well, we can punch them late and really, really, you know, create, you know, create space on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where it continues. And I also, I do wonder about the mental space of the sharks because now they've lost Luke Cunnan, who I thought was having a very good season up to this point. And it seemed like that injury came on the heels of right when they were just starting to get healthy again, like Sturm had come back into the lineup, reestablished himself. They just got Mario Ferraro back. Matt Nieto is, you know, healthy once again. And then you got a player like Cunning going down and it's just kind of like, it's just the the hits keep coming.
0: You know, and every team will tell you, the Sharks will tell you, you you know, it's next man up when somebody goes down like that. But it's such a disappointment to see Cunning be out for the rest of the season. Um, The, not just with his skill level on the ice, um, but that attitude, he has that grit. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't have to drop the gloves with someone. Um, to just have you know, just have that edge on the ice. And I liked what he added to the Sharks lineup because even when they were down, um, he really added that oomph. And it was it was really, really cool to see. And and like you said, um, you know, he you know, he and Sturm add, you know, a different dimension to this lineup. And Sturm had just come back healthy and they finally got Ferraro back. And so for Cunning to be out for the season is just such a blow.
1: The Nico Sturm factor, after five games of the year, he was the one who spoke out after that fifth loss to start off the road trip. And he had some harsh terms for the team. And then after the most recent game, like you alluded to, he was the one saying, we played afraid, we played tentative, and he also dropped the gloves in the last game after Vlasic took a hit that he didn't care for. So just in terms of watching his emergence as a leader, I'm just curious, does that is he cementing himself as a part of the Sharks going forward? Because, you know, we've heard the statement, everything is potentially on the trading block except for a Tomash hurdle. And to me, Sturm is the type of guy you want to build around, and, and a Luke Cunnan as well, because I thought he had a lot of what they could use for the future. But it, it's interesting because he's so quickly to be a leader, but also everything is up in the air potentially.
0: It's so interesting because there is nothing set in stone. And because we heard because we heard so early on that anybody could be up to be moved. Um, but he really has, I think, and I think and I think Cunning too, um, to you know, to you know, to an extent. He, you know, his words weren't haven't been quite as harsh as Sturm's, but but the two of them have really made a case for themselves to be like, no, we want this team to be better. We wanna stay, we wanna help this team be better. And I I um I think. Those I think those harsh words and for Stern to cement himself like this is really good because you don't want a team that's just going to be passive when they're not playing well and um, you know and it does seem like the team does take what you know take what he says to heart and he isn't someone who saves those words for you know behind closed doors and he really gets it out there like we like we played embarrassing we played afraid and so it is really interesting and with and and with how he has established himself so quickly as a leader of this team, I do hope that he does stay because I think that is a player that this lineup can, you know, or is, you know, truly benefiting from having.
1: Where do you think this year continues to go from here? Because I, I do wonder when they're going to start making moves. I know the the obvious answer would be when it's closer to the deadline, but at the same time, I'm sure there's going to be other teams who are going to take injuries and they're going to be looking to fill holes and the sharks are going to want to, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, if you wait towards the deadline, that's when there is the most availability because there's the deadline right there, but maybe you can leverage something a little greater when there's not as much talk and as much chatter. And you say, Hey, we're the only seller right now. It's so
0: interesting because every year, you know, when people start talking about trade trades in, you know, in December, I'm like, it's way far away from the deadline. It's too soon to be talking about this. This year is the exception with how they've played over the first few months of, of the, uh, of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if Greer starts making moves way before the deadline, just with how everything's gone. Um, I agree. Like I think there's going to be some shakeup in the roster, like a lot soon before the deadline. And, and, you know, and I, I do, I do agree with, you know, making those moves when there isn't so much chatter and there isn't so much competition. Um, and with, you know, and with, you know, players on other teams getting hurt, then, you know, that, want to replenish that are in much better standing than the sharks are. So I do think that this is a, you know, I mean, this has been a year unlike any other already, but I do think this is a season where the sharks, the sharks start making moves a lot sooner than we're used to seeing
1: them. Do you think Greer also makes a move as sort of a, a wake up call to the roster for lack of a better term to let the guys know like, Hey, this isn't acceptable because I, I understand why some people want to have a bad season to get a high draft pick. I'm not one of them. I don't, I think that's always a a precarious bet to make just because you can alienate fans. And what if the player ends up not being very good like there's, It's not always perfect in the draft in any sport, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like you are playing for the future right now, but you don't want this culture of losing to set in. Like it's too, it's hard. It's, it's a delicate line to walk yeah i've I
0: mean, no matter what sport you're talking about, I am not a fan of the tank to get a high draft pick. I think that that's just not a good way to you know construct a team. and as you know and as you know, and as you just said, you know it you know you don't have the guarantee. That the you know that that the high draft pick that you get is going to be Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid like you just don't have that guarantee. So I'm definitely not on the tank for Bedard train. You know I'm not a fan, so it doesn't count necessarily. But <laughs> no, it's uh, Greer's not messing around. I I do think maybe not to make an example, and but I do I do see him I do see him being aggressive and making moves because he you know. Because even when he said before the season that, you know, there, you know, that there would be, you know, a feeling out period if, he, if you have to take, you know, two steps back to make one step forward and whatnot. Um, but I, I don't see him. Sit, I don't see him sitting back. I see him being very active in, you know, finding a roster that wins.
1: And I don't see him or Hasso Plotner being very pleased with the idea of losing to get things turned around. I mean, I understand, like you just said, Greer said you might have to take a step back to take a step forward. But even before we knew that Greer was going to be the GM, the mentality that was being told from the top down through Doug Wilson was that this team had no interest in quote unquote rebuilding. Now they used the term reset, but the idea was to stay, you know, in contention, see if they could be one of those teams that was on the bubble, make a trade while trying to restock the farm system and trying to take steps in the right direction. So I mean, that's what I wonder about is which of those mentalities is more the reality because I I just can't see Greer wanting to have an extended run of downtime like we've seen from um, a Detroit or a Chicago
0: I agree I don't see him I don't see him sitting back and being okay with that I think you know, while 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 he and Wilson are, def- are are definitely different in their managerial ways, um, I do I do I don't see I do think that they're similar in that in that point, and that Greer's not going to be like, okay, well, we're bad, we'll get some high draft picks, you know, we'll replenish, you know, whatnot. I I don't see that happening. I do I think I think he's looking at this season and going, okay, we need we need we need to make changes now.
1: It'll be interesting for sure. So talking about James Reimer because he's one of the ones that has been um, speculated to be on the block. He was last year. He was the entirety of this off season, and he is once again in speculation. Is that like his role in the dressing room is also one that is, he doesn't take the losses too seriously. He always tries to absolve his teammates. He's a veteran. He's a pro. Do you afford to lose that if you're the Sharks? Like how how good of a deal does it have to be? Or do you say, hey, You know, we don't know what his value is going to continue to be going forward. You know, we look at his contract and what we're going to get out of it in the future, whether or not he's even part of the future. I mean, how how do you view that situation? It's
0: really interesting when it comes to the goaltenders because, you know, it's not all their, you know, it's not all their fault that, you know, the team isn't doing super duper well. But I think one of the things with Reimer is that, you know, he's, you know, he's, He's also had some injuries recently. Um, and so I think teams will look at that. and but you know, as much as you you know as much as Greer probably wants to shake up this team, it's as you mentioned, do you want to give up a guy with that, you know, that's you know so polarizing in you know in your you know in your dressing room? They I mean the sharks brought him back before for a reason. And I mean we we you know we talked about this during last offseason since he and Aiden Hill had such similar um had such similar contracts, which one, you know, which you know, which one of them would go. And I was I was, you know, a big proponent of like, I was like, no, Hill's going to go. Reimer has really cemented himself with this team. Um and, you know, and, and and to have, I mean, I've I've tweeted I've tweeted this out. He's my he's already my early vote for media, good guy. But for mm-hmm. him to come out you know, loss after loss, and not just break down his performance, but he breaks down the rest of the team, and he's he's very easy to talk to, and you know, it it almost has kind of like that sword to Nest quality, and it, it's you know, I, I I get that Greer wants to make moves, and if Reimer's you know the one you know that's the best fit to move, but at the same time, Kokkinen is isn't playing very well. Um, you no. can bring Maki back up, but. You know he still, you know he still needs some seasoning. I think I don't think he's ready for a full time NHL work- workload. Um, of all the moves they can make, I don't think moving Reimer would be the best for the team. But we'll, we'll, but we'll see.
1: Where are you on other veteran players potentially getting moved? Like I know that even though he's the captain, Logan Couture has been you know referenced a lot heading into the season. I know that Eric Carlson is literally having the best you know, start to his career that we've ever seen. Um, Timo Meyer, of course, with his impending free agency after next season and other teams that would love to add a power forward of his status. I mean, do you think that, here's my question is, if you have talent for the future, like a Timo Meyer, why would you not want that to be part of your picture going forward, even if it causes investment? He still has a lot of good years going forward and he's having an excellent year right now on a bad team.
0: Exactly. It's, I mean, that's when I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's really interesting with looking at since the, since pretty much everybody is rumored to be, you know, you know, since everyone could potentially be on the move, it is really interesting when, you know, it's one thing when, when you have some of your more seasoned veterans, you know, could they be on the move, but when you have a guy like Timo, who, you know, the last two seasons is still this phenomenal power forward with so much more to give, you know, help you know I, I think it really does depend on who else greer is looking to move and how you know and how he sees this you know this team unfolding i think it's going to be a very very interesting trade deadline and even before the trade deadline i think we're going to see a shakeup in in that in that roster for sure now which of those veterans it it will be is difficult to say though
1: in terms of Head Coach David Quinn, I appreciate the fact that he always seems to be able to have the laugh and the smile and the twinkle in his eye even after some tough losses because I'm sure it's not a fun position for him because, like the rest of us, he sees the same problems being made. He watches the turnovers, and it's not – turnovers are going to happen, and I'll put it that way, but it's the head-down, blind pass into the middle of the ice that we've seen multiple players make this year that lead to goals. I mean, those are the things that – I'm sure drive him nuts because he, I mean, that's not exactly a difficult message to deliver. And yet he's watching his guys make the same mistake over and over. I'm sure it's very much the beating your head against a wall thought that's trickling through his brain in those moments.
0: And it's, you know, and with as, with as wonderful and as cordial as he is with, with the, uh, with the press, you, you, you can see that he's starting to lose his cool, with it with it a little bit he's, he's trying really hard to be nice you know for you know for the you know for the camera but you know you you can see him in practice that he's you know that he's angry and you can see that he's frustrated because you know and he references a lot that he you know that he talks a lot of a lot one, one, one-on-one with players i know he talks to couture a ton mm-hmm. um so you have yeah it's he has to be as frustrated as fans are that they're making the same mistakes over and over. I don't think there's anybody more frustrated than David Quinn is right now.
1: All right, Shalane, I will let you go. I look forward to seeing you at the tank tonight. And as I always say, you are known for your sartorial splendor. And I've got to keep up with you in the clothing department, but I am excited <laughs> to show you my tie tonight. I it's, it's festive. It's a good one.
0: I love it. I can't wait.
1: Again, that was Shalana Goldman of NHL.com joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. If you are not following her on Twitter, I suggest you do, at Shalana Goldman. And if you can't figure out that spelling, we have included it in many tweets promoting this and all programming on the Sharks Audio Network on Twitter, which can be found at SharksAudioNet. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for tonight's game between your San Jose Sharks and the Minnesota Wild. And then game time 7.30, and then tomorrow morning, even more, morning tide as we take you into the Christmas break. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.